second timothy chapter number four verses number one to five we're going to read it together second timothy four one to five everybody's going to read it so find it get a bible if you don't have a bible make sure you get a bible a christian must always have a bible amen all right so we are going to read it together can you make the font a little bigger So we can see. Some of us are growing young. All my critics and my haters, I welcome you all. Ready, go. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and in his kingdom. Preach the word. Someone say preach the word. Oh, say it like you mean it. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exalt with all longsuffering and teaching. When they will not endure sound doctrine. Oh, you, 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 now you've taken one into the roof. For the time will come. For the time will come, that bit is not in our Bible, according to Joel. He's still not minding me. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's, uh, I'm going to, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because of their itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Or in the original King James, it says, make full proof of your ministry. And we're talking about it. We started a few A couple of Wednesdays ago, we are making foolproof of our ministry. And I said foolproof means that you are actually showing what qualifies you to be a minister. Hallelujah. And we decide, we, 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 we defined what a minister is. A minister is a servant of God. Anybody that believes in God, anybody that worships God is a servant or a minister of the Lord. Hallelujah. So he was saying to a young minister, I said to you the other day that if you were uh, about to leave, you're about to die, and you were given like a day or, or an hour to write an instruction, a set of instructions for your, or your son, what would you say? You, would you talk about your car that is with the mechanic, or would you talk about the, the roof that is leaking? Should you get the roofer to fix it? Is that what you're going to talk about? No, you talk about important things, isn't it? So this is a spiritual father who was about to go. This is one of the last uh, statements that Paul actually wrote with his hand as he was talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he said to him that, listen, I'm about to go, but this is what I want you to do. I am begging you or I'm commanding you. The word charge means to command. I'm commanding you before God and before the Lord Jesus Christ who will Judge the living and the dead. Preach the word. Which means that the most important thing for a minister, a prophet, a pastor, an evangelist, 
whatever you call yourself, the most important thing you can do is not healing, it's not uh, deliverance, it's nothing, it's not prophecy, but it is what? Preaching the word. These days we have everything but actually the word being preached. Are you with me? And Paul predicted it. He said that for the time will come that people will not want the word of God be preached. Because they will not endure sound doctrine. So they will rather you tell them stories. And make, make up things. These days, Kiran has been showing me some videos that makes you laugh. And, and, and the, thing, the thing about the videos, or, or the, these are supposed, supposedly pastor, preachers or, or prophets or whatever. And it's like men of God. But you see, you listen to all the, the preaching and you don't hear anything about the word of God. It's all stories, it's all jargons, it's all things. And see, all these things have been predicted by Paul. The time will come, men will not endure sound doctrine. They will not want the word to be preached. See, the raw word is what we need, not anything but the raw word. Are you, are you getting it? He said, that, he said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Because they will not, at the point, they will not want to hear it. So I pray that in the next 30 years, I will still be preaching the word Amen. and nothing else. Amen. And I pray that in the next 30 years, you will want to hear just the word and nothing else. Are you with me? Don't be moved by miracles, supposedly. Don't be moved by prophecies, supposedly. I'm not saying that any of them is bad or are bad, no. But they cannot stand on their own. Are you with me? Miracles can never stand on their own. Healings can never ever stand on their own. Are are you getting it? The only thing that can stand the test of time is the word of God. The pure word of God. Are you with me? And see, the word of God, when is the word of God? You know it. The Bible says that the spirit that is inside of us, the spirit of God inside of us, it bears witness with any spirit that is actually God's spirit that is coming. That this one is the word of God. And if it is not the word of God, it will also mm. So when the thing feels like mm, it really means mm. Am I making sense? And when it is sound doctrine, you also know that this is sound doctrine. How many went to school? You didn't know the topic. You didn't know the the subject. But you knew a bad teacher from a good one. Uh, I don't know whether you know what I'm talking about. When a bad teacher is teaching, you know that this man doesn't know what he's doing. We used to have a mathematics teacher. He was really short. And said that he'll be doing, and then he would look at the clever ones in the class. And and we, we also had a plan with the clever ones not to give wrong answers. Wrong, you know, so like instead of three plus four plus five is, is, is if the answer is eight, they say nine. And so he starts with the premise of nine. And obviously, as he works, 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 at the point you get to a point, then he'll be looking. Then he'll be looking because he knows the answer is supposed to be 35, but the thing is like 38. And then we'll be laughing. You understand? That is when you know that this person 
doesn't really know. He hasn't got the foundation of the subject that he's supposed to be a master of. Are you getting what I'm saying? And and sometimes when you don't have the pure word, then you come up with all sorts of gimmicks. You come up with, with stories. You come up with jokes. You come up with everything but the word. But here, Paul was giving an instruction to Timothy, preach the word. Amen. So my instruction to all of us is what? Preach the word. You cannot preach what you don't know. Which means that you must learn the word. Someone say, learn the word. Hallelujah. We'll talk about that later as we go on. So we started talking about how to make foolproof of our ministry, isn't it? And the first thing I said was that you need to be available. Amen. Amen. Be available. Somebody say, say that I will be available. Be available where the word is being preached. Don't become Martha. You are around the word. You are by, you are by the word. You are above the word, under the word, but you are not really in the word. You are in church, but you are busy. You are doing all sorts of things, but sitting down to actually listen, hear, and learn. See, some people have been in church for years. They can tell you that I've been here for 36 and a half years. But they have never ever sat down under the word. They've been busy and never allowed the word to enter into them. I pray that your story will be different. Amen. Amen. So be available. Number two, we talked about last Wednesday was what? Sorry? Moral character. Have a good character. The anointing is supposed to shape you. The word is supposed to shape you, isn't it? Break, mold, and make. Are you with me? The word of God, first of all, needs to break you. Because as we are, we are not really correct. How many will agree? You see, the one that thinks that they are standing, they should be careful. You have already fallen, but you don't know. Are you with me? Listen, 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 listen. We, We are not correct. That's the truth. So the word, first of all, needs to break some things inside of us. But the word will never be able to break unless you allow the word to break. The way to allow the word to break is to admit that, listen, something is not right. And you see, James said that we behold the glass dimly, which means that we don't see the total picture. We don't see our flaws totally. We see bits of it. You know, we see in parts. We prophesy in parts. We see dimly. We don't see it all. But as we allow the word, you know, this bit, once it comes, that ice. Mm. Are you with me? Because if anything is being chopped off you, it's painful. Are you getting it? James says that receive with meekness then grafted word. Receive with meekness. What, what the first of all, a graft is taking a foreign body. Let's say I take a foreign body from here, your leg, 
and I want to add it to your shoulder. To be able to do that, I need to make an incision. So I cut deep into your, into your shoulder. I cut this way, this way, and I cut that way. Deep into your shoulder. And I take the, the old skin off. Then I cut this bit. And then I put it to the, to, to the, 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 the opening that I've made. Are, are you with me? And then I, no, you see, I, I'm not telling you a joke. I'm telling you something I've seen before. When my wife had an accident, had a fire accident, and they had to do skin graft, they took some of her skin from her back to put on her. And to do that, they scrape to make an incision. Then they take from the back. Then they put it. Then they bandage it. And then they wait for weeks and months for it to take. Are, are you getting it? And it's one of the most painful things you can ever think. She was on morphine because of the pain. In the same way, in the, your life, our morality, everything about us is not correct. So you see, it, the word sometimes needs to be painful. And for it to be painful means that don't take, don't take a sedative. Don't take morphine. Don't, don't, don't become uh, 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 oblivious or incongruous to the word. Uh, I'm trying to look for English, uh, uh, but uh, the English I can think of is what I've just used. Uh, 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 don't, don't say that. This one is not for me. Some of us, what we do is we attack the preacher of the word. So we make the word ineffective. Are you with me? Because it's like, uh, he's saying that because this person has said this. You make a reason, an excuse why this word must not. But grafting is painful. Do you understand? Don't take morphine. Allow your skin to be scraped off. And a new skin to be added. And bandaged. Am I talking to somebody? So you see, the only way you can help yourself, we can help ourselves in the word of God, is that when any bit of us is being chopped, let allow ourselves to be chopped. Are you getting it? When the word is being preached about pride, and maybe you suffer from it, and you are not sure, because nobody in this room will admit that they are proud. None of us. In fact, we are all proud of our humility. I <laughs> we, we are very proud of our humility. Because we are not proud at all. Just as nobody will admit that they are sleeping. When you are sleeping. It's, it's, it's so powerful. It's like you are nodding off. And they say, ah, you are sleeping. No, no, I'm not sleeping. Nobody naturally says, oh, yes, it's true. I'm sleeping. They will argue. I said, no, no, I was meditating. <laughs> but, but your eyes were closed. We actually heard you snoring. You said, no, 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 it wasn't me. I was meditating. If you have that attitude, the word will not have its effect on you. 
Don't point at people. I've just said to you that this word is for you. So don't be looking around. No, no, no. Don't be looking around. See, that is what, what, what I'm talking about, about being in Congress. You say that no, it's not you. You are oblivious to the word. It's like, uh, as for that, I remember Sister Prinkinson was sleeping the other day uh, uh, during the service. So this word is for Prinkinson. No, I wasn't talking about Prinkinson. I'm talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So don't, don't say tell us. Tell me. Are you getting it? Yeah. Uh, Mark Justin sang a song. He says that I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm telling the man in the mirror to change his ways. If you can get to a place where you look at the mirror and tell your, the mirror, mirror, you change your ways. Then you are getting to the place where you can accept with meekness the engrafted work, word of God. I think we should look at that, that, that scripture. It's in James 1. 20 something. Have you found it? James 1. So you are lying to me. Hmm. Okay. But. It's 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of the liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, the same shall be blessed. Are, are, are you getting it? Yeah. But I want a previous. Aha, uh-huh, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted. Word, which is able to do what? Save your soul. And I just described to you what a graft is. A graft is painful, and a graft is not done to a foreign body. A graft is a foreign body being inserted into your body. Are you getting it? So you have to. We have to get to a place where we are the one who is being cut for something which is not us. To be inserted and tied to us. There are certain bodies or certain people when they put a graph, they don't accept it. No, the body rejects it. Are, are you getting? There are certain things, even if it's, in the, it's part of your body, it was taken from your back and it's being put here, your body can reject it. So they have an anti rejection medication that they give. But you see, some of us, we are like that. We read the word and we reject it. We hear the word and we reject it. And see, the way we reject it is by shooting the messenger. Do you understand? We, we criticize the messenger. We look down on the messenger. So Jesus said something. You will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus was saying that you will not see me. You want to see Jesus. You will never see me. You will never, and Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. 
Are you with me? So Jesus saying that you will not receive me unless you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Am I making sense? So you see, if you look down on the person who is delivering the word, you criticize the person who is delivering the word, you criticize the word that is being delivered, you will never see Jesus. You will never receive the word. You will not receive the anointing in the word. Hallelujah. But when you receive, it doesn't matter whether the person is just got born again yesterday. It doesn't matter whether the person is a sinner in your eyes or it doesn't matter if he's preaching the word, receive it. Hallelujah. Be meek about the word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Amen. And don't be a forgetful hearer. Which is that when you hear it, allow the graft to take. Keep it there until it is taken. Amen. Amen. But any, but if any be a hearer and not a doer, he is like a man who beholds his natural face in a glass and he beholds himself and goes away and straight away he's forgotten what manner of man Yes. Hallelujah. That is not my message, but I thought somebody needed to hear that word. Amen. 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 So the first thing we said was what? Availability number two. Your character. Let the character that you contain be molded so that you can contain the unction or the anointing. Are you with me? Because if your character is not good, you cannot be anointed. God cannot use us if our character is not changed. Anybody that God takes, first of all, he will take you and change your character to conform to, to become compatible to his spirit Then before he can use you. Amen. Number three, how to break foolproof of your ministry. Number three, serve your way. Somebody say, serve your way. Serve your way into ministry. Serve your way into anointing. Serve your way into any level that God would make you rise into. This day and age, there are a lot of chiefs, no Indians. Have you heard that statement before? A lot of chiefs, no Indians. Because in the old days, the, the Indians means the servants. And the chief are the kings. So if you have a lot of chiefs and no Indians, who serves who? Are you with me? These days, a lot of, we get, we know a few scriptures. We feel a little bit of anointing. We go and fast somewhere and then come say, the Lord has called me. The Lord has anointed me. Then we say, Whose hand did you pour water? Where did you serve? Whose son are you? Whose daughter are you? A lot of people like that thing of pastor. And then people are holding your bag. One is holding your bag. One is holding your Bible. One is holding your your microphone. One is holding your towel. One is holding your anointing bottle. (laughs) One is holding your water. Yeah, coming two in front, two on your side, two, and they feel like, yes. That is all some, some, some people see as ministry. And so their main aim is, let me go and start my ministry. 
so I can have. I've had not, not less than three or four people come to me recently, in the recent weeks, months, to come and sit down. These are ministers, pastors, and they are talking. And I realized that this person has never served and therefore doesn't know the intricacies of ministry. <laughs> there are protocols. There are things that you do, things that uh, uh, you don't do. You, you may not necessarily read in a ministerial book. But if you've been around for a while, if you have served around for a while, you will know some things. That's like practical. I'll give you one example. This pastor came and said, Pastor, I have, I have uh, uh, this. My, my biggest headache is not my congregation. My biggest headache are the pastors that I've appointed. Because when the church is supposed to start at 10 o'clock, they come to church at 11.45. And then they won't insist that they come join the preaching with their children and everything come and sit in front. And I said to him, in the first place, you chose a novice. In 1 Timothy 3, he says that not a novice, less being lifted up in pride. They, they just mess things up. When you're going to choose an, a leader, you choose somebody who has been around for a while. Not a child. Because the greatest disservice you can do is to take an, a, 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 a child, a spiritual child, and make them into something they are not. That's the greatest disservice you can do to any, child, any person. So, pastor, how do I unpastor them? Can you see some catastrophic mistakes? But th- this, is, this is a mistake that one pe- one, this person has made because he himself didn't go through the rigors of, of, of ministry. Because for you to come and sit here, do you know how long it takes? You don't just come overnight and say, now you are a leader in the church. No, it doesn't work like that. Hallelujah. I, I, am I talking to Don't be in a hurry to jump Onto the pulpit. Serve your way. Are are you with me? One day I I picked, was it Palmas I picked? And I said that, do you know, okay, let me use Pamela come. If I come today and I said that, uh, congregation, say yes, pastor. From today, I have appointed Pamela as our new pastor. So go and stand there. So now Pamela is Pastor Pamela. But how many will know that if we left the church to Pastor Pamela and then we went for two months or three months, by the time we come, the church would have collapsed. And if she herself hasn't killed herself or destroyed herself. Can you understand what I'm trying to say? Because it's easy to walk up and stand on the pulpit. That's the easiest part of the job. But to stay here for years, it is not just knowing the Bible. It is not just a few anointings that you carry. It is a lot of things. And that is what you learn while serving. 
Are, are you getting it? Yeah, clap for Pamela. Go see. One day you'll be a pastor. Uh, do, you, do you receive it? Say, I receive it. Hallelujah. One day, Elijah, Elijah said to Elijah that, uh, I want to ask you one thing. Can you, can you give a double portion of the oil on you to me when you are taken? And Elijah said, Elijah said, you have asked a very hard thing. First Kings, let's look at it. So, Second Kings 2, 10. 2 Kings 2.10. We are talking about seven. Seven your way. 2 Kings 2.10. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if, you, if not, it shall not be so. Are you with me? What Elijah was saying to Elisha was that if you serve to the end, then you receive the anointing. If you don't serve to the end, you will not receive the anointing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. You have to be a servant. Someone say, be a servant. Be a servant. There's no shame in being a servant. There's no shame. Anybody who has been a master has served before. If anybody is a master who has never served before, be afraid of that person. Because they won't be a good teacher. They won't understand even how to. Do you know some people are naturally gifted? Uh, those who naturally learn something, they naturally can sing. They naturally can play music. And they have never learned the surface, the notes. They haven't learned anything. They can't teach very well. There's a guy who used to play the guitar for me in South Africa. This guy is one of the best guitarists I've ever heard play. I mean, when I say best guitarist, I've heard play. And that guy was never taught by anybody. That guy, his, sorry I'm using musical terms. I know it sounds, but I'm sure you understand. The way he, he tunes the guitar is not the, the way any guitar is tuned. Because there's a way you tune any guitar for anybody to play. Are you with me? But this guy's guitar is always tuned wrong. Do you understand? So if he, let's say, we invite him here and we give him a guitar, he has to distune the guitar before, because when the guitar is distuned, that's when he plays very well. When it's tuned, he doesn't play. Such a person can never teach you. <laughs> Are you getting it? Because his, his, nothing of his makes sense. Even the way he plays, I mean, I learned how to play guitar a little bit. The way he plays, the way he strums, is not the way, same way we are taught to strum. He strums like he wants to tear the strings out. <laughs> but if you listen to the sound that is coming out of what he's doing, it's a lot of confusion going on when you're looking at him. But the sound that is coming out, the sound and what he's doing, the two don't correspond. That guy cannot teach what he's doing. If you follow somebody like that, you are in trouble. Because you always be confused. Hallelujah. There are servants 
unfortunately, who serve but never receive the anointing. We know that the anointing comes from the head, through the, the, the beard, to the skirts, under skirts, Psalm 133, isn't it? We know that. But sometimes some people, even though they are connected to the, you know, they, they say that the, a servant is like the beard. The servant gives beauty to the face or the head. So the servant gives uh, beauty to the king or whoever. The Bible says that in the multitude of the congregation is the glory of the pastor or the glory of the king. The multitude of the congregation is the glory of the king. Are you with me? So the more uh, servants you have, the bigger you look. Are you getting it? But, but, but there are some servants who are very close and yet never receive anything. So I want us to look at those people, a few of them. Are, are you okay with that? The fact that you are a servant doesn't mean you will be anointed. John 6, 67. From that time, many of the disciples went back. This is after Jesus had fed the 5,000. The next day he was preaching and then the crowds came together wanting to eat. So they wanted Jesus to do some more miracles so they can get food to eat. And Jesus knowing in his heart what the people wanted is food and not uh, what he was preaching. He said that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no part in me. And the people got offended. And so they decided to leave. And so from 66 from that day, many of the disciples went back and walked with him no more. And Jesus said to the 12, do you also, would you, do you also want to go away? <laughs> but Simon Peter said, answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Uh, you have the word of life, eternal life. Who do we go to? Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, did I not choose you? Are you not my servants? The twelve and the one, and one of you is a devil. I chose you, you twelve, but one of you is a devil. So amongst the servants, there is a devil. Are you with me? And we're going to look at the devil in the servants. These are the ones that don't ever catch the anointing. These are the ones that will never catch the oil. These are the ones that they can stay with you for years and never be affected by your ministry. Amen. Amen. Number one, the servant who would like to save himself at the sign of any trouble. <laughs> Those who don't catch the anointing, number one, is the servant who at the first sign of trouble disappears. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, like we are here. We're having church and everything. The first time anything happens, somebody brings a knife here. They'll say, that church, I'm not coming there again. I remember, I don't know whether to tell you the story or not, but I remember 
we were we used to do church somewhere. And we had a lot of people. And then one day, the neighbors started attacking us because they said we were making too much noise. And they started bringing police in. So some, some I mean, like every time you're coming to church, like three or four police cars are parked outside. Then one day we're having church, praise and worship time. Then about three or four policemen entered the church. You know, and when they entered, I had to go and confront them and push them out of the door. And there were some people in the church. At the sign of that, that was the last time I saw them in the church. (laughs) Never came again. Never to return. First Kings 19. First Kings 19. Do you know that Elijah had a servant before Elisha? Hello? Did you know that there was a servant who was at post before Elisha was the servant of Elijah? Elisha was the one that received the double portion, right? There was one, the guy who Elijah sent seven times to go and see whether the rain, the cloud was coming. He was a different guy from Elisha. He worked. He was the one that helped Elijah gather the sticks for the the Baal context. Do you remember? He was the one that fetched water. Twelve whatever uh, barrels of water to pour on the Wood. He was the one that was by Elijah's side when he was calling fire from heaven. He has seen all the miracles. He was the one that was by the side of Elijah when Elijah was killing the 400 prophets of Baal. He had been there. And yet, he did not qualify for the anointing. Why? Somebody asked why. First Kings 19. And the first sign of trouble, he scattered. I'm waiting for you. First Kings 19, brother. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, so shall the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life like one of the lives of one of, the, of them by tomorrow, about this time. Which means that tomorrow by this time, all the heads you chopped, your head will be like one of them. How many can say that there's trouble here? So the man of God, the anointed prophet of God, when he saw that he arose and ran for his life. Don't say that because you are a prophet and a man of God, you shouldn't run. Sometimes you must run. This is run for your life ministries. (laughs) Run for your life international Bible church. (laughs) He ran for his life and went to Bathsheba which belongs to Judah. How many know that Judah is the church, the house of God? He ran for his life to Judah. And he left his servant there. 
The servant said, you, you are through too much trouble. If I follow you, my neck is the next one to be chopped. So he stayed there, away from prophet Elijah. Hallelujah. And so, that was the very last time we ever heard of this man. His name was not even mentioned. Very sad. His name was not mentioned. The next servant, we heard his name. In fact, the next servant has more chapters than even his father. If you read the, the, the story, Elijah appeared in 1 Kings 18. Elijah, the son from Tishab, is a Tishbite. That's, he just appeared. Nobody knows where he came from, what he did. He just appeared. So he appeared 18, 19, and he went on. From by 2 Samuel, 2 Kings 1, 2, by 3, he was gone. Of the scene. From 2 Kings 3, we hear Elijah. Elijah carries on a lot of chapters. More chapters than his father. Uh, you get, and he did more miracles than his father. We knew him. We saw his anointing. How many would agree with me that the anointing that Elisha walked in was supposed to be that servant's anointing? Yeah. Yeah. But because he was more concerned about his skin than serving, he lost out. Am I talking to somebody? Some of us, we are concerned about what we will get, what we will do, what will become of us. And that makes us not do what we are supposed to do. And in the end, we lose out on the anointing. Hallelujah. Number two, for the sake of time, I'm just rushing through. A servant who serves with selfish ambition will not Come into the anointing. Anybody who serves with selfish ambition. You are singing because you want to. You want a platform to launch your musical career. Your album. You are playing because you want here. They will see you quickly. And they will give you contracts. You are a pastor in this place because this is a very, the, the latest church in town. The rising, uh, you know, as people come, they will see you and then they will just, uh, you know, ask. You, you'll be amazed why, since we've been doing church, I haven't brought any big pastor, big name. I know them. I, I Believe in me, I know them. I haven't brought anybody here for a reason. Hallelujah. I haven't brought anybody here for a reason. There are some people, they come, and what they are looking for are pastors. Oh, yeah, this guy looks like a very powerful. Brother, see me. The Lord has told me that you have a powerful anointing on your life, but you are being stifled by the place that you are in. Come to me. My friend was telling me, he went to, uh, he invited one of these people to come and preach in his church. 
By the time he, the person walked through the church, his praise and worship leader was gone, the husband was gone, the, the so, so-called shepherds were all gone. Three or four weeks later, he started a branch close to them with these people. <laughs> you see, what, 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 would, what would inform your decision to follow such a person? Is it not because you were looking for the opportunity, the platform to get to, into somebody, a bigger name's I, I, you can say that, that that big pastor is some way. Yes, it's true. But really, what <laughs> informed your decision to go and join that person? Oh, I want to be connected to the national grid, <laughs> not the socket. <laughs> I want a proper, bigger anointing, a proper transformer. You are about to be blown to pieces. And you don't even know it. Hallelujah. Second Kings 2, 27. Oh. Selfish ambition. These are servants who have selfish ambition. They are in the church serving you, but they are serving you for a reason. There are some people Every time they are following you, they want to follow you for a reason. I remember some place I went to. One of these big pastors came to town. And he called me to come because he was doing a program. And then I went. When I went there, it was just like program. I went there and he was introducing like his, the pastors that he works with. And as he introduced, he introduced me and I said something. And as I was going to see now, I saw one guy who used to be here, <laughs> who left. He was also wanting the anointing, seeking avenue to get close to this guy. And he was very surprised that I was very close to the guy. So he was like, ah, Pastor, can you connect me? Don't let this back shoe hit you as... <laughs> Are you looking for? How do you serve with selfish ambition? You will not get far. Hallelujah. Second Kings two twenty seven. Now, when she came to the man of God, this is Elijah, Elisha, and his servant Gehazi. How many know Gehazi? So Elisha is now the established prophet. And Elisha has a servant also. His servant is called Gehazi. And Gehazi, the Bible says that he, the, 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 the woman who um, had a son by the prophecy of uh, Elisha, you remember that woman, that wealthy woman. And, and, and um, the, the son one day was sick and was dying. So, the woman came running to Elisha to tell Elisha about it. And as the woman was running, Gehazi saw, uh, sorry, 4.27. Okay, what did I say? Sorry, 4.27. Okay, I have good Bible students here. Good. 
the woman was running towards the, 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 the prophet. And the prophet said, oh, this woman's coming is like that woman. She's running like that woman. And Gehazi was like, running. Gehazi was younger, was running. And then the woman stopped them and told them what had happened. That uh, the son was dead and being laid in the upper room, the room that he had, she had prepared for the prophet. And so the prophet gave his staff to Gehazi. Go and lay the staff on the child to resurrect the child. So that's the backdrop to the story we are reading. All right? But Gehazi came near and pushed her away. <laughs> are, are, are you with me so far? But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the, the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. And so she said, did, did I ask? Did I ask for a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. And, but lay the staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he rose, arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child. But there was neither a voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, the child is not awakened. Then Elisha came to the house and there was a child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, shut the door behind him, the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and laid on the child, put his mouth on, the mouth, on his mouth, eyes on his eyes, hands on his hands, stretched himself, out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm and he returned and walked back and forth in the house again went up and stretched himself out on him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes hallelujah why did the child not rise when Gehazi laid the staff on the child I used to preach a message, it is not in the staff. That's a whole, a whole message, I'm not going to preach it. But uh, the heart of Gehazi was not right. That's why the anointing couldn't flow. Are you with me? He wanted, if the child had risen or resurrected, Gehazi would have started his ministry right there. He has all this time been looking for opportunities. So this was a great opportunity. The prophet didn't finish uh, uh, instructing the boy. The boy took the staff and just ran. Going to perform a miracle. When he finishes, uh, the child resurrects. He's going to print his cards, 
put the, the face of the child on, face, on Facebook and then put uh, uh, the child's details on Instagram and have a Snapchat. Do a Facebook Live, how the child is resurrecting and him with the staff. Gehazi resurrects children ministries international. Where your dead children come back alive. Bring them. I'll do miracles. It's not in the staff. I said it's not in the staff. It's in the heart. If your heart is not right, I don't care what you do. It doesn't work. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? It's in the heart, not in the hand. Hallelujah. Let me move on quickly. The next one, greedy servants. Same guy, Gehazi. Chapter 5, verse 27. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, looked at his master. He looked, look, he said, look, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian while not receiving from his hand what he had brought. But as the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. Remember the story? This man was a, a leprous uh, centurion or whatever, captain. And the man was, uh, came to, the, the maidservant of this Naaman came to, told, her, told him that I, there's a man who can help you. He went to see the man, go and wash seven times. Went to wash seven times and received the healing. As he was going, he said, the man wanted to come, the neighbor wanted to come and bless Elisha with a blessing. He said, I don't want anything, just go. The man said, as the Lord lives, I'm going to show this man something. So he went after him. Yes? What was the next verse? Where do we get to? 22. And he said, all the man, this is like a, a Naaman talking. He said to him, all is well. My master has sent me saying, indeed, just now, two young men, the sons of prophets, have come to me from the mountains of Ephraim. Please give me a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, please, take two. See, Naaman knew something or saw something that this person is greedy. Naaman knew that the man was lying. He said he wants one talent of silver. He said, take two. (laughs) Two bags and two changes of garments and hand them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of him. Now he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said, where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. I'll be here. And he said unto him, did my heart not go with you when you, when the man turned back from his chariots to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olives, groves, and vineyards, sheep and oxen, Male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling 
to your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence as white as snow. This was the last time we heard of Gehazi. Because of his greed. Remember Judas also being greedy. Sold his master for 30 pieces of silver. For greedy servants, they receive a curse instead of an anointing. They, re- they receive death instead of blessing. Hallelujah. Never ever be greedy. Never. You see, serve without wanting to be paid. I, I've said this many times. If you can't do this thing for free, don't expect to be paid. You can't do it. If you can't do this work for free, don't do it. Amen. Amen. If you can't serve out of your pure heart for free, you're in the wrong business. Amen. Amen. I remember when somebody came and said, ah, so you, how much do they pay you? I said, me? I've been here for 18 years. I've never seen one penny. Ha! If I were you, I would change the, the name of the church and all this money. That's why you are not me. And that's why you will never be me. With a mind like that, you will never be here. Amen. Greedy servants. Number four. Doubtful servants. Second Kings 6, 14. Now, in the same Elisha goes to get another servant. I don't know the thing about Elisha. How all his servants somehow don't, don't, don't work. I think Elisha had a problem. Me, that's, personally, that's what I think. He must have had a problem. <laughs> Therefore, he sent, the, uh, he sent this uh, uh, when the king organized uh, the armies to come and take out Elisha for telling the, anything, the secrets that he, he, he discussed in his bedchamber before uh, anybody knew. So therefore he sent horses and chariots and great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early, he went out. There was an army surrounding the city within, with horses and chariots and his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Next one. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. And then the Lord opened his eyes and the young man saw, behold, the mountains was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Then the Syrians came, Elisha prayed, and he he said, strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them and with blindness. So to the word of Elisha. You know the story. For the sake of time, I just want to. So Elisha leads them back to Samaria, all blind. 
They've not seen Elijah. But this particular servant, because of the doubt he had for his master, he never received the anointing. Sometimes you can be serving somebody, but you don't believe in the person. Sometimes you can be serving somebody, but you are remembering behind his back. Sometimes you can be serving somebody, but you are criticizing the person. You see, whatever you despise will never come to you. It is what you honor and respect that comes to you. And honor and respect is not in front of the person. Honor and respect is when the person is not there. Who are you when no one is watching? That's the real you. Are you you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want, it's not when I'm around. Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor. No, 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 no. Listen, I've been doing this work for a while. So, so your old pastor doesn't fool me at all. I've seen more people do more than you do. I used to have this lady who used to serve me tea. She does the job that um, Tina does. Now, listen, nobody serves like that girl. Nobody. Nobody has served me. Hey, when she comes to serve, she will kneel down and do, and do. Before she gives me a two. It's beautiful. It's very powerful. I tell you. She's a very powerful girl. She has a very powerful job in the bank. But when she's coming to serve, she will prostrate and do. You know what I'm, how do they do it? Sure, sure, sure. Before, before she gives me, very, very powerful. Not this other here, thick. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> how, how, do, how do they do it? How do they kneel, kneel up? I'm telling you, it's very powerful. I mean, if you don't feel powerful, you feel powerful. But that doesn't mean that a person is, uh, likes you. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, oh, pastor, oh, pastor. No, it doesn't mean anything. It's the way they look at you or they regard you when you're not there. That is how they, that's really what they think about you. Uh, are you getting it? And that's what God, God is looking for. The one that does, despises you in your heart, they never receive anything. If you are not you are going to despise the person, don't stay, they don't serve. You know, you choose who you serve. Are you with me? So if you cannot honor, respect, go and find somebody you can honor and respect and serve there. Are you with me? Because one of the worst things you can do to yourself is to serve with a certain heart that despises. Heart, this person is not a correct person. This person, this is my boss, is not good. This is my boss, is greedy. This is my boss, doesn't think about me. This is my boss, this is my boss, that. This is my boss, this is my boss, that. You are not going anywhere. Hallelujah. This man did not believe Elijah. Elisha. Alas, master, what shall we do? This man has been doing miracles from time. 
more than Elijah. Elijah uh, killed uh, 400 prophets of Baal. This man kills more people than that. This man does more things than that. Why would you doubt the anointing of Nisa on him? Guess what? This guy also did not receive anything. Hallelujah. Anointing comes through service. Yes, it's true. But service has to be with a pure heart. Amen. I said service will be out of what? A pure heart. And if you love somebody genuinely and you are serving them, it's the best thing. And it's the best way to receive the anointing. If you don't honor and respect and love the person, find somebody you honor, respect, and love and serve that one. Are you with me? Don't serve in a place with a certain attitude and a certain spirit because it ends in a curse. Are you with me? And you become the one that Satan will always use. Do you know that Judas had that spirit of serving? What happened there? Judas was saying when the alabaster box was broken, uh, what is this waste? If this man was a, a true man of God, he would have known that this woman is a prostitute that's coming to put this thing on there. So he would not have, that, that was running through his mind, even though he never said anything. Guess what? The Bible said, for, as for um, Judas, Satan already had his heart. For Peter, he had to go and request. The devil has sought to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. He had to ask. But Judas, his heart already belonged to Satan. Once you start criticizing, memoring, your heart is now Satan's heart. Rise to your feet.